What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. You're tuned into Life is a Sacred Journey. Every week, we bring a new perspective to aging and caregiving. Here is your host, Michelle Pope. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you in the virtual neighborhood of Life is a Sacred Journey. It's so good to be with you. Um, I'm fixing my lighting here because it's just shifting all around, but it's good to be with you this Friday morning. I pray that you are all well and doing well as we have begun. It is now 2022. I am always so, it's like I can't believe that it's 2022. (laughs) So I wanted to uh, have a shout out to all of uh, those folks that have followed us through Life is a Sacred Journey, through all of our our manifestations. And so thank you so much. Uh, And a big shout out and a hug. If you could send a heart in the chat to Felicia. Felicia has COVID and um, is not feeling very well. She's lost her her sense of taste and and I think a smell, I'm not sure. She, I know she's laying there watching us this morning. But if you could put a heart in the, let her know uh, that we are praying for her as well as we hope that she feels better real, real soon. Felicia, thank you so much for everything that you do. And I am so sorry that you have COVID. Drink plenty of tea, uh, lemon, ginger, uh, some orange peel, put it all in the water. And, and smell the steam because it helps to open up your nostrils and all of that, and then drink the tea. So I hope you feel better soon. And here's a big hug from me to you um, and from all of us at Life is a Sacred Journey. So let her know how much we appreciate her and that we, we wish her well as far as uh, feeling better real soon. So Jason Matthews is supposed to be joining us here um, at Life is a Sacred Journey this morning. And so I'm hoping that he will get in soon. And um, when he does, we're going to be talking about um, the financial market and, and finances and things of that nature. Like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at so many things as we begin the year and, and you know, you look at your finances, you look where you invest your dollars and, and all of those kinds of things. And you begin to realize that you want to make sure you have your, your every year you kind of analyze, is this still where I want to go? Is this still the route that I want to take? So I've asked Jason to join us um, around that. Then in the coming weeks, we're going to, of course, have Carolyn Brent back because we want to kind of give you the overview of the last year of the physical plan that I was on and kind of give you the results because, um, 
it's time for the weigh-in and the, the blood work and all of that. And so I'm going to share that all with you. So I'm excited because I think the numbers are, are way better than they were uh, last year. So great time, great uh, things coming up for Life is a Sacred Journey. Um, we're going to also, I, I, we're going to try, I'm going to take Leon and we're going to try to take Life is a Sacred Journey on the road where actually I will be doing the podcast from somebody else's office or somebody's location. So we're going to be trying those kinds of things, probably not until the spring when the weather is a little bit warmer where we can sit outside because of COVID and all of that. But yeah, we'll be doing all of those kinds of things. So I'm excited. Um, I'm going to see here. Uh, I'm not sure where Jason is, but you know what? If it turns into a pondering, so be it. Uh, I want to, first of all, tell you something else that I, I have learned. Okay. So I learned this morning that the, um, the Omicron virus or the Omicron strain of the COVID virus is, um, is is very quickly transmitting itself through uh, little people. So uh, young people have a, a, a have, are having a real problem with the Omicron uh, virus, and so and they're passing it because they they were the last group to be vaccinated. And so um, what I also read is that the Omicron vi virus is um, can get through a cloth mask. And that unless you have, and this is uh, the one that I looked up. Now, these are the ones that everybody hates. This, this color is not great. But this is the N-I-O-S-H-N-95 mask. This is the one that um, we were told uh, is the best mask. And I found some actually on um, Amazon that were rainbow colored and all that. I didn't, you know, they, they were kind of psychedelic for my work, but then I also found some black ones that, that, and, and what I like about them, this one is different. This is more for a hospital setting. So you have this, this here that you can push it down around your nose. And if you wear glasses and your glasses fog up, that means the seal around your nose um, area, mouth area is not, is not good enough. And so this helps that with the nose area, uh, this, this piece right here. And a lot of times they're in the inside. They've now been making them in because the, these, we've had these for a while. Um, the other is these came out and, and they actually go over the head area, which is a little different. Uh, I know a couple of people have told me these cause headache. And so, um, we now have them, I found them, where they actually go over the ear. So wearing a mask is is really important. And I like the black one because, again, um, working and, and going out, I don't have to worry about it fitting any situation or, um, you know, the fashionista that I am. <laughs> It's not conflicting with anything that I have on. So wearing a mask, and they said four to five layers. So the other thing that I would suggest, if you if you really do like the other masks better, because a lot of people do, uh, a cloth mask, then take the cloth mask and then put the blue mask in the inside. 
but make sure that at least that the the cloth mask is not just one piece of cloth that it that it has a, a layering effect in the inside then put the the other mask inside and i found a chart yesterday that said that if you're using the k9 you know the nkn95 mask it's a 98% um you know, uh, barrier to sharing the virus. So I, I just, you know, can't tell you and emphasize more, uh, to please do so. And, and I know that it's hard, you know, I, I know that it's hard. I'm an asthmatic and wearing a mask for a long period of time really gets to me. But at the end of the day, I will be wearing a mask probably for the rest of my life uh, in a public setting uh, when I have a cold or something or when we're in the winter season. I just think that and, and I'm definitely going to be wearing a mask until we get out of the pandemic. So the COVID protocols, we're in the red zone in Contra Costa County and other counties are, are teetering there. So we have to be careful. We, you know, the winter season is going to be it seems like that's when it's we spike and do whatever and we take it into January, February, March. So we've got to really start to do the things that we need to do to keep ourselves from um, uh, getting COVID as well as spreading COVID to other individuals. So wear the mask, wash your hands, um, um, and change the mask. You know, um, a lot of times people will have their mask on for a very long period of time. And so you don't want to do that. You want to wear your mask and, and, and you know, maybe, and if you've, you're like me and you're a talker and you're talking through your mask, you have saliva that is getting on that mask, I would throw it away and then try to have a, a, a better, uh, you know, just get a new one so it's fresher. I can see that the signal um, is, is weird, um, with my Facebook and I'm not sure why friends. So I apologize if this is breaking up for you. Um, and so hopefully you'll be able to see it without it, but I can see that, um, a signal message is coming up saying that the signal, the signal, the signal is, um, not that great. So, um, and I don't know why something may be going on in the neighborhood. So the other thing, uh, again, uh, Jason Matthews was supposed to be joining us this morning. I don't know where he is and what happened, but maybe something came up in his family or with work. And so we'll just continue here at Life is a Sacred Journey. The candle is lit for, for all of our family members and those 800 and something thousand plus people, almost 900,000 people who have uh, succumb to the COVID virus and, and for those that are going through grief and sorrow and all of that. So the candle is just our way of saying there is hope where there is light, there is hope and there's light in all of us. And so there's hope in all of us. And we take that hope out into the world to share with everyone that we meet. And so that's the life is a sacred journey, um, sort of mantra. And so we share that candle and I'm very fortunate. Uh, the candle that's burning this morning, 
has a, uh, somebody gave it to me. I can't remember who, oh my gosh, gave it to me for Christmas. And, um, but it has this baking smell. So it smells like cookies. <laughs> oh, Fred, uh, uh, one of my coworkers gave it to me, but it smells like sugar cookies in here right now. So it smells like somebody's over in the corner baking cookies. <laughs> I'm having a great moment. So since it's me and you again this morning, um, I will raise up some things that I've been pondering over the last couple of days. One of them was what I was talking about. Um, I just got a, a, a letter from PG&E. Uh, PG&E, as of March of 2022, it has these sort of three-tier structures where you can um, choose whatever structure you want to be in. And um, I was told in my letter that the peak hours for me are between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. And I, yeah, that's when I'm home, right? <laughs> um, but I, I just think that in the time of a pandemic, we all need to kind of rally together and make it easier for people to live and not start to raise prices and, and, and then charge people more for the hours that people would normally be home. Um, I know that people are working from home more, and so that's a little bit different. There are some people that are using their peak hours have shifted to daytime hours, but that's not so for for some of us. And so I don't know. I you know I get it. I, I you know do what you got to do, PG and E. But at the end of the day, you know it's just like everything just seems to happen in when people are uh, need help more than they need to be putting out more. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like it, 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 in the time of a pandemic, we all need to kind of think about the fact that um, everything is getting more expensive. There's less. Um, uh, the demand for things is higher than they were before. I was just in the grocery store um, and just realized, I mean, I didn't just realize, but I, I, I had an awakening moment uh, that the grocery store didn't have a lot of anything in it. Um, and the shelves were empty. There were actually empty spaces in the, in the, um, in the, on the shelves. And so that really made me realize that, um, we are, you know, with things coming back and forth, I had to have some work done on my car recently and, um, and they, they couldn't get the parts for like eight days because they were waiting for them to be shipped from the Midwest. I have another part that I'm still waiting on. And so things are taking time and they're taking a, a lot of time because of all the things that we already know. So we have to kind of start thinking about what does that look like in a world where we have learned that we can just go and get what we want at any time we want it. What does that look like? How how has our our lives changed that we we are at that place where we might not have access to the things that we we want, we need, we love, and so. Um, uh, oh, Jason is joining us. Okay, cool. You know, so what does that mean when when you uh, are trying to have uh, a journey in life where you have the things around you that make you feel comfortable as well as the things that, that help you to, to live your life? So think about all those things as you go into um, 2022. You know, uh, I think that Good morning, Jason. I think good morning. that we. How you doing? I'm good. I think that we 
we had gotten to a place, and that's why I asked Jason to come on. Um, you know, I was talking with my daughter in yesterday afternoon about money, and you know, we're always talking about money and where you invest money and all of that. And so, and then Jason and I, as you know, Jason Matthews is the CEO and and founder of Matthews Financial, and um, he also has uh, written books on um, financial uh, savings and how to manage your money. And um, it's a great book. Do you have it? there i i do give me one second all right yeah. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has been able to do that in a way where um you know we're learning and i think that's really important as well when you're learning about things and you can share i shared the book with um my son and some other young people that i know um jason why don't you hold it up yeah so it's the age of self-reliance and that's by jason matthews it's a really great book great read easy read i mean it's not like you're gonna it's not like having a science project and and get a highlighter or if you're like me tab pages because you're going to use it as a resource it's not just going to be one of those books that you read and then you put it away in the bookshelf and never look at it again. So that's a really good um, book. And then Claude Anderson has an incredible book on um, finances that I think is a great one. And then Jason, you hit me to an author that I can't remember his name, has, is another great uh, writer in about financial stuff, particularly as it relates to people of color. But these tips could be used by anyone. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Definitely. Can definitely be used by anyone. Yeah. Uh, one book I'm reading that's really good, I'm going back to reference it, especially for small business owners, is The Profit First Right Now. It's a great book on how to get your financials and your books in order for a small business owner. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's a good one. And that, and that's, you know, those kind. that book right there is really important. Also, if you're a nonprofit leader, you know, I, I think that we as nonprofit leaders need to start thinking of, of our organizations as small businesses. And when, um, that's a, a paradigm shift that I've taken here at ASAB, and it has made such a big difference in my um, sleepless nights. <laughs> Uh, because we're, we're, you, you begin to implement things that are more from a business end, but really the nonprofit benefits. So let's get, get into our conversation with Jason. So as you know, Jason has his own um, podcast, and I believe it's C.R. Is it Cream? It is Cream. Cream okay. Podcast. Okay. So, and it airs? Randomly. We usually try to do it once a week. The okay. Cream Podcast, and what Cream stands for um, is an old. Uh, it's a it's a uh, acronym for an old saying, which is "Cash rules everything around me." It's an old hip hop song, and that's what the phrase means. Uh, and we're seeing that more and more. Uh, it's not just a song, but just how we're living our lives, um, especially right now during this uh, pandemic and COVID. And even we see recently with the new rules and regulations that they have put in place for COVID. 
with uh, the biggest one I would say is like the five days where now they're saying uh, you go back to work after five days. It's mm -hmm. not because of any health concerns or spreading it. It's more because we need you back to work because yeah. because we don't have enough people. Or you yeah. see with the NFL right now where the NFL says, we're not going to test you unless you get vaccinated. Uh, we're not going to test you unless you feel um, any illnesses. We don't want to test because we need to keep this money train going. So... So, oh, so the five, and, and I agree because I thought about that. I'm like, how do you go from 10 days to half of that with a, with a strain that actually is more contagious than the original strain? It may not live within you um, now because we are vaccinated. And so we get to pass it to other people really quickly, <laughs> which is <laughs> nice. Um, but at the end of the day, it is about this employment market, which is this is crazy times when it comes if you're an employer. So Jason, let's talk about that because that, you know, I'm experiencing that here at Alzheimer's Services of the East Bay. We cannot find a nurse. We cannot find a CNA. We cannot find. So I know a lot of small businesses are suffering because of this. They can't find people to come and work. Yet we have the mass exodus from work of the baby boomers who kind of said, we're done. Thank you very much. We'll just take our social security and keep it moving. Um, some of them became even expats. I found out during uh, 2021, more Americans took their social security money and moved on the periphery of America so that they could stretch their dollars. So we're, we're seeing a shift in the way we, we're living out employment, retirement, and COVID, even though I don't like to politicize it, it definitely was the catalyst, was it not? It was definitely was a catalyst. I, I can even say uh, one part of the work shortfall is one of baby boomers simply did during COVID decided not to work. You had a lot of baby boomers and retirees who was might have worked part time at a business, did extra hours at a place, but because of their health and safety, they said, hey, I'm not going to work anymore at the places because my life, my health is vulnerable if I do it. So I had numerous clients who, who was retired, might have worked retail, worked other businesses and decided not to. Okay. Also, because of this uh, and due to uh, lack of overall, the last the trend has been over the last 10 years that we have less and uh, less people graduating from college. The trend actually been declined. We have less college students. Oh, and now we're seeing. Oh. And so now during COVID, we're seeing that with these people who's close to retiring, retiring early or if they already have retired work, then now we have a shortfall for educated workforce. But then also we see it in all aspects. You see when we go to the grocery, or we go to a fast food at Wendy's, or I've been to before, and they said, hey, we cannot open our insides because we don't have enough staff. We see it now at the hospitals as well, um, not to politicize it. Uh, one is you did have retirees by left early, but then we also have mandates, like in healthcare fields, where you have certain, certain people who might not went, uh, who did not convey to the mandate. So then we lost a portion of our workforce from that as well. Yeah. So with that, the quality of care has went down or quality of care is hard to find people um, during this period of time. And due to the co high cost of everything going up, gas and transportation, yes. and employees thinking that they have, um, now they have an upper hand that you're going to see, they're asking right now for more increased wages that we haven't seen in a long time due to inflation. And it's and and also when you start to look at um, how that socially uh, the soci the, the sociology of that um, we are are then becoming a humanity that is really looking deeper within for um, quality of life issues. 
So all uh, 800,000 plus people um, have died from COVID. And because of that, it's created for those of us that are left behind a reflection on on what is a good life and how does money fit into that? Is money then a tool or is money this thing that I still get back on the treadmill going back to the, the, the old normal instead of the new normal moving into? So when you think about that, how do you feel that's going to change our financial structure as we move you know, in the next, I'm going to say in the next couple of years, because I think things are shifting now. I mean, the, the fact that the pandemic made it so that we couldn't give cash to people. Remember that? that when the, the pandemic first started happening, they were like, if you don't, if you have cash, you can't buy here. Because right. they, it was, and they called it contactless purchasing. So talk about what you're thinking about as we move forward in that, in that way. It's funny, when we talk about the labor shortage, I thought it was actually going to end after all the extended federal unemployment benefits ran out. But we see that actually did not happen. It kept, um, people still haven't went back to the workforce because of it. Um, and I think at the same time, people are starting to restructure and figure out how to live off, off their life. Uh, we see a lot more people at the same time, even though they're not working, we have at max a huge amount of consumer debt since COVID. You see it with the shopping and everything else. So the question I have, which we haven't figured out, is in 2022, are we going to see people go back to the labor force because either the federal they ran out of the savings they have for unemployment benefits, maybe they're um, maybe haven't been paying for their home for a period of time, and they might be dwindling their savings because a lot of people got extensions for the, during the moratorium. Oh, yeah, are true. those people going to go back to work? Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, what's going to happen? I. I and I, at the same time, I really think we're really having a point. What, what is the purpose of work, and why am yeah. I working? Yeah. And and at the at the same time, what we're seeing is we having we haven't you don't see it as much in the news, but last year we had a lot of strikes and protests. Yeah, we had the fight with the union for Amazon. You had um, Deer. You had you, in October we had a record number of strikes. So you have a battle right now about employee safety, employee pay. When they're saying huge corporations gain these huge uh, profits right now, and they and people are asking them to share some of those profits as as the cost of living has drastically went up. Yes, and 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 we went through um, what is it a three year period where uh, salaries actually remain uh, flatlined, and and that and then the pandemic was the in the period of that, and so then people came out of that thinking, and 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 honestly, so again, we don't want to politicize all of this, but it the politics has to come in because the politics plays a role in it. Um, how do we we now look at our futures when we're thinking about, you know, like you just said, quality of life. Uh, to have a quality of life, you can't have that conversation without talking about what, how much it costs to have a quality of life. We know that um, housing starts uh, we're going, we're beginning to come back again, but now the cost of, of labor, the cost of the materials, I mean... All of these things are going to shift also our, 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 what do you want to call our social justice stuff, because the housing stuff was already messed up. It's going to get worse before it gets better because we don't have the resources now, right? 
we don't have the resources. So you're seeing a huge issue as far as housing starts right now, which is getting the same, a lot of the lumber and products to do the housing. Uh, it, it's very hard. You see right now with the chip shortage that yes. even though you had uh, last year was the lowest amount of uh, car sales since 1978, even though there's a we have more people, the price of vehicles have drastically went up um, during that period of time, new and used. Mm -hmm. You see the price of food have went up with pork, beef. Uh, we're seeing shrinkflation, which means you're paying the same price for smaller packages of food. Um, we're seeing stagflation. So it's very, uh, it's a very challenging time at that point um, due to inflation. And that's, and then I think it's going to continue to increase because even though we had a supply chain issues, labor saying, hey, we need to get an increase on our wages for inflation. And, and, and due to the shortfall, employers are going to have to do it, which is going to cause more inflation because they're going to go back down to the consumer to pay for more of those costs. Oh. And, you know, I, I got a salad. It was interesting. I got a salad the other day. And I remember one time it was at $9. And, but because of the cost of the lettuce, the chicken, the Caesar salad, it went from a less than eight, a seven, eight dollar salad this place to be now a eleven, twelve dollar salad. So, <laughs> so you're seeing it. You're like, whoa, what are we? Yeah. Doing? So it's just, a, I think we're going to continue to see inflation, and we have to put together and develop some strategies to make sure that we're doing, we're in the best position possible for ourselves during this period of inflation, which. At one point, they said it was going to be temporary, and now we're seeing that it's not going to be temporary. It's going to be a consistent thing. And the Federal Reserve said, um, and those are people who have the power to print money, that they are going to raise uh, interest rates this year, possibly three times. Oh, in 2022? In 2022. And so, that's because you don't want inflation to get out of hand or out of control. And so explain to our audience and for those that don't understand sort of this, the, you know, not an echo economics background. Uh, so by raising the interest rates, how does this how does this level level out the inflation? Great question. So when interest rates are when interest rates are low, it costs less to service the debt. And because it costs less to service the debt, we are willing to pay. Uh, we're willing to buy things and have the price increase because of it. So you see home prices go up and everything else because now you're paying a lower interest rates. A perfect example of that is if you look at housing in the 80s, the price of housing in the 80s was very low pricing compared to now. In the 80s, though, people were paying 17%, 15%, 18 20% was on average for a 30-year mortgage. Now you look at today, they're 3%. So you're willing to pay, you're willing to pay for more of a house because you're paying less to service the debt. But oh, the reason, okay. if when the Federal Reserve raised their interest rates, you're going to have to pay more to service that debt. So before you might have a credit card was a thousand dollars, you might have a low interest rate below. But if now you still have that thousand dollars credit card, you're going to have to pay more because the interest rates went up. And it's not just a credit card; it's for the house, it's for it's for your student loans, it's for every type of debt you have. You want to pay more to service it, and then the businesses are going to. And the reason they want to do that is to slow down the economy where it doesn't get too hot, where everything, the price of everything keeps going up so much. They're saying, hey, you're going to buy less because it's going to cost more to service that debt is a way just to tame. So it's similar uh, to like when the police uh, are on the highway, they slow down the traffic going back and forth. So because there's something happening up there, rather than to uh, create a bottleneck, they slow it down. 
So it's, it's similar. Okay. Okay. Great analogy. I love that analogy. <laughs> and that's a great way how we can look at it. You're trying to slow it down because uh, you know something is ahead, which is higher prices, higher cost of goods and services. If we slow it down and let and slow down the economy a little bit, not too much, where we hit this perfect spot, almost like um, where it's not too high, it's not too cold perfectly, mm-hmm. well, the economy will continue to grow, but it won't be out of hand where, where we have a wealth gap, where people feel out of hand, and we simply can't afford goods, or the price of goods goes so fast compared to salary and wages. So, so when we move from this space, then we have to talk about credit. You and I had a, a marvelous conversation yesterday, and I was talking about my my first couple of jobs out of college. I graduated in in seventy nine uh, and uh, from college and started a career. So you're right. In the eighties, I was in started my career in the beginning of a really great financial time for me, um, but. I also got introduced to the world of credit that did not exist before the 80s and quickly plummeted uh, into bad credit and all of that because the lessons of credit were never taught because they weren't there to be taught. And um, so as we move now, as we move forward, are we going to be such a credit-dependent society as we have been uh, since the 80s? I mean, because we really, I mean, most people have are leveraged to the hilt with credit, but, and then the credit score, I mean, you know, so explain, first of all, do you think that we're going to continue to be leveraging ourselves with credit? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and then if so, what happens then to this whole idea of credit scores and who who gets the better interest rates and all of that? So with 60% of U.S. Um, US Americans have, 60% of us have less than $600 of savings, are not prepared for emergency, I think credit is always going to be there. And okay. two-thirds of our economy is consumerism. So even if wages don't go up, we want people to continue to buy and consume even if they can't afford it. So the cheapest and easiest way to do that is by allowing people to have credit to make themselves feel like their quality of life is maintaining by getting credit or debt. So I do believe it's going to continue. The thing is we have to be smart about how we use our credit and strategies if we already have credit, especially during times of inflation. And they're saying that they're going to raise interest rates. Raising interest rates are actually good for savers, but not as good for borrowers. Because savers now who have money in the bank is now going to get higher interest rates on their money in the bank, money markets, their bonds, 
in, in annuities. Well, borrowers are going to have to kind of pay more to pay for the debt that they borrow. But so before the rate interest rates, what I tell people is, if you have a variable rate loans, credit cards are a variable rate. Okay. Uh, credit, anything that's have a variable rate or even student loans, right now before the raise interest rates, you should consider switching it over to a fixed rate while rates are low. Because with the variable rate, they can raise the rates whenever they decide to. And once the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, everybody else is going to raise their interest rates. So lock in the fixed rates now. So if you have an option, uh, 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 option on your home, uh, uh, instead of doing that, having an option, maybe you should think about right now refinancing and getting a, a, a 15 or a 30-year fix. Oh. If you have a credit card, if you have a credit card right now and you're not able to pay it off every month or two months, Go to your bank or credit union and ask them to do a personal loan. The personal loan is going to be cheaper to service the debt, and now that interest rate's locked, so you're paying less on the interest and more on the principal right now compared to having that credit card where it can go from twenty percent to twenty-five to thirty or so on and so forth. Locking that interest rate, and now you're good to go. And even do that with your student loans right now That's because it's thing. better to have the. And, and you switching out one, it, it's great for your credit score, by the way, your credit score will go bing, 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 bing. Uh, and, and, and then the other is that then you're getting rid of that long, that debt in a diff, that, that debt that is, that's going to grow on you, which, and it, so it turns into long-term debt because you never pay it. Right. And, and then, but then you're turning something into a fixed long-term debt, which then, you know, you know, you, no matter what happens within the next 15 or 30 years, you're going to be able, you know what the monthly rate is. You can, you can do your, your homework on it. You could double up in your payments and get out of that debt a lot quicker when you have four or five different credit cards at 21 to 28% that keep growing on you because you can't even meet the minimums. You're, you're scrambling to make the minimum payments on those credit cards. I've learned a lot about that stuff. You know, one of the things that I did, and if you're out there, this is not a ding at you because I get it. I, I use my credit cards to the maximum and I had the retail ones too, which were the worst because they were already at the highest interest rate even back in the day. I put those things in the freezer I don't even know where I read this, but I put all my credit cards in a Tupperware container, uh, 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 Jason, poured water on them, <laughs> and they got they got frozen in a big old block. I think it was um, Dave Ramsey that I got that from, and 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 it was like, do you really want to use that credit card? Because guess what, you can't put it in the microwave because it will. The credit card has metal in it. So you can't put it in the microwave and you can't put it in a boiling hot water because it's plastic. It'll melt. So you really have to wait for the block of ice to, because I'm <laughs> telling you from experience, by the way, because I tried both of those things. <laughs> and it got me into the habit of saying, if I don't have the money for it, I'm not going to buy it. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't used credit. That doesn't, no, got airline tickets, da, 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 da. But the other thing that, um, Jason, that I'm finding that is a good thing for people to look at for, if they want those big time purchases is where you can buy something and they it's interest free for six months. Right. If you I have a big furniture, there you go. Furniture, whatever that kind of thing, folks, if you really need it, because I just I need a new chair. 
boom, I'm, I'm telling you what I just did and why I know this. Um, Interest-free, six months. I put half down on the stupid thing, but the, the, the chair is going to take until March to get here, March or April, they said. Hopefully, hopefully. And hopefully, and, yes, Jason, hopefully. And last year I got a, it's funny, last year I got a, a order of soap in October and it didn't come in until May. And that's because of supply chain issues. And we see that. I remember I went to San Diego in October, and you can fly from LA to San Diego over the ocean, and you just see all those empty containers, or all those containers just waiting on the shorts to get loaded. So things are getting delayed because of it. And and it's and again, folks, what that means is the containers have come over and been emptied, but the containers do not get sent back empty. Do you see? So you've got to put products in them to send them back the opposite way. And because we do not have the ability to do that at this time, at the capacity we were before COVID, we've got empty containers, which means the ones that did go over full are fewer. So they keep getting, the number keeps getting almost down to zero as you keep doing that. So that is what Jason is talking about and what he, and, and Jay told me she saw them when she flew up from San. She's like, mommy, it looks like a, a, a container graveyard out on the ocean. They're just sitting there. So at the end of the day, this kind of consumerism uh, that we have, we, we're, we're a capitalistic society. Uh, do you think that we're going to change and take on some socialists? I'm not going to go so far to say communists because then people might throw eggs at my house. Um, but do you think that we might look at some of the areas where we can take on some of those constructs that might help us? And, and, and I don't know the answer to that. This is just an idea. Um, you know, we're having the dialogue. I think we have corporate socialism already. And we we don't we might not have socialism. We have socialism, corporate socialism, which means if corporations ever have trouble, they need help. We saw that oh wait with the banks, we bail them out. So we keep yeah. bailing out major corporations even during COVID, survive and do well. But we're not doing it for the individual. For the individual, we tell the small business, the individual, bootstrap your way out, or borrow money. Um, but we're not we're not bailing out. Um, the individual, I yeah. think. We, so we have corporate socialism, but it, it feels like we move up. People move up the ladder. We cut that ladder off for for, for everybody else to possibly move up, and that's why we have this huge wealth uh, wealth gap um, in the United States. Where, and I think more and more, I think we're going to continue to have it unless people are really upset and fight back and say, "Hey, this wealth gap is too big." And because of the wealth gap, I see that my life, my quality of diminished. I can't own a home. I can't do the things that the, the promise of America. And then we will shift over and get some type of balance. But right now, I think overall as a country, we're out of sync until people are upset. And then we can balance the whole thing out. And are we getting upset? I mean, I mean are we in that? Is there a little buzz, a little bee buzz, not a hive buzz, but a bee buzz by itself? Um, is that happening with, with was the mass exodus of baby boomers the first sort of uh, subliminal rebellion of that or no? I don't think so. If you look at history, when we're really upset and people are really upset, um, and here's a perfect example, during World War II, people were upset during World War II because these major corporations, Ford, General Motors, um, all these major corporations were making tons of money, but the quality of workers was not, uh, and the quality of life for uh, the average American was not up, uh, even at Kaiser, 
during Jake Kaiser at the port were not good. You had a rebellion where you have 5 million people protest and go on strike for numerous days. So there was no bullets get made, no cars get made and everything else. Then you make the business owner, uh, the major corporation and the business owner say, hey, we got to change this. But if we're not protesting and we're not staying consistent, like we'll protest for a day and do it. But if you look at history, usually it takes long periods of time. And it always usually affects the business community. When we talk about Martin Luther King, we talk, and this is a great period of time about it, you look at Selma. When he protested Selma, it was not for a day or for two when they did the bus boycott or the Montgomery boycott. No, boycott. it was, a, it was I think, almost a year. It, it was, was a over long time. a year. Yeah. It was 378 years. And now people are not ready to protest like that to get what they want. And until we really are, I think you're going to keep seeing the pendulum keep going towards uh, major corporations and the wealthy. We're still going to buy our goods from Amazon. We might talk all this mess about Amazon, but we're still buying stuff from Amazon. And even though we feel like how they treat their employees are not good, we're still buying from them every single day. And once people are fed up and upset, then we'll have better options and the care and the quality of life will be different. And if we hold our politicians on both sides of the aisle yes. uh, more, then things will change. But the other is this, is that um, when you have a societal value system, I think that we have to look at our societal value system as it relates around things, ownership, property, stuff, um, because when you have people who are living well, who will say things like, it's not my problem that those people weren't able to save or to do this or to the, do that, and you don't look at the constructs that, that help you become a part of that 1%, 2%, whatever, education. Because um, you, you and I had this conversation and you, you said it to me clearly. You said, but you had a family behind you. You had a, mm -hmm. a mother and father that ensured that you learned some things and you saw hard working and you saw them save, even if it wasn't a, you know, you and I talked about a woman here in Oakland that's, that saved half of her social security check for, for however long. And then when she got to a certain age, she paid for some, some uh, students from Skyline to go to college. So, you know, it wasn't a whole lot, and, but right. yet. It's that it's that that hope, that drive, and the way they treated money. When we're talking about that, those examples, um, they treated money as a tool for for a, a value structure that said, "I have, you have." We'll never. Okay, so may, let me not say that because if I put that in the universe, it, it might be so. How do we get there again? How do we get? We were kind of there, but yet we. Big business took us away from there. Something took us away from there. I think big business, major corporations, major media had took us away from there about what the values, what is the value and what's important in life. You see in our commercials, you see it on television um, more and more. We have to get back to our fundamentals of what makes America or what made America, which was a family system where people sacrifice for the next generation, where we worked as, as we worked together. Where we say, hey, I don't need it. We all don't need to live in a separate house. Maybe we live all in one house and work together in multiple generations. As one that one person, if somebody's working, you had a neighborhood and village look out for the other person's children because you know the person was at work instead of just, we nowadays we don't even know our neighbors. Right. So we, and, and we have to get back to really to the fundamentals of a neighborhood, newer neighborhood. Everybody had everybody's back. And we have to, um, we have to just get back to the fundamentals. 
And I think we just have went away from that. And I think a lot of that has to do with vocabulary because um, the word neighborhood is not used a lot, but you'll hear people say we are redistricting. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that what they're saying is they're shifting the neighborhoods around based on the zip codes and 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 shifting the political votes. That's a neighborhood that's being moved around and shifted around. It's not just a district. And we don't use the word community in the same way. These words have become politicized in a way where they mean we just want to get you to the table to pick your brain, but we really don't want to hear what you have to say. So when it comes to creating community wealth, particularly in communities that are financially oppressed, what are some of the first steps do you think? I know I think education, you you and I talk about that all the time, reading, education, but what are some of the steps that, that we as community leaders and those who are listening that are saying, you know, I'm trying to make a better way. I'm trying to get my life right. How do we, how do we begin when we, we've never been taught, Jason, you know, I mean, people expect people to do things just because, but if you've never been taught, where do you begin? I think where you begin is one, like you said, education. Um, and in education, not just in schools and books, but as a community, understand that, one, you should support your own community, which means you spend, you invest, you spend and invest your money inside your community instead of outside. When you do that, tax dollars come back to your community, you're employed, the people are employed in your community, and now you don't have a, a, a high unemployment rate in that community. Also, we have to figure out and push for more financial institutions um, to be put into those communities. So we need more banks in those systems and finance. Because once you have more banks and finance, instead of check cashing systems, people go to those banks. They won't pay super overdraft charges. They'll understand how to get proper credit and financing. And not just it's not just your big four major banks, but how can we build more small community banks in those neighborhoods who understand the challenges, the challenges and the opportunities in that neighborhood to have positivity and thrive. And those banks will help support, help invest, and help financing of small business in that bank. And then the people that bank in that community will invest. But your, that community has to be educated. They have to understand what's going. Uh, has to be educated so that the workforce can be into the twenty second, uh, in the twenty second or twenty first century. Yep. Uh, and we also have to, and they also have to be educated about the importance of it. Not just buying from Walmart and Amazon, but the importance of buying with small businesses yes. and investing in small businesses. Yes. And, you know, there's a, a, a coffee shop that I learned about yesterday. I think it's in Richmond, if I remember correctly. It's called Kaleidoscope. And it's uh, owned, a woman-owned uh, business. And um, the people in that uh, Richmond Island area loved that coffee shop so much that the Starbucks that came into that community moved away because the people didn't go and spend their dollars there. And that I watched that happen in my community. The best coffee shop family, the lady lived in the community. We knew her. She, we, you know, everything. Starbucks moved up the road and down the road and in the stores. And the next thing you knew, she was gone. And and to me, it changed the whole landscape of the community. Because I used to go in there with my kids and talk to her. And she had books. And, and it just was this cool place. And we need to get back to not thinking just because something is a franchise. You know, I like Dunkin' Donuts. I ain't mad at you, Dunkin' Donuts. But, but, but as our primary source of anything, 
right? You know, when we when we we just spend our money at this one place and then we don't see all these other local businesses around us that are struggling and trying to to really be a part of the community. And you know what? When you talked about banking just now, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I grew up on television. I don't watch television now, but I grew up on black and white television and I love old genre movies, right? Old, old 20, 30, 40 movies. And what Jason just said reminded me of, of almost every I love father or father love, whatever that movie, banker lives in the community. He knows everybody in the community. So when I need a loan or when I wanted to buy a house, I just walked in and said, hey, Jason, <laughs> this is what I want to do for my family. How? What do I need to do? And because you know me, it's a different relationship than the way we are now where the person that's asking you for all your personal data, you don't even know them. So true. So, so true. And, and, and it goes back to the ice. Don't stop thinking that just because there's a big coming, don't mean that the ice is better than yours. You know, so stop thinking that the ice is bigger than yours is that you just because you're moving to your community, you heard big things, doesn't mean that the ice is better than yours. We have to continue to think, remember that. So I want to ask one more question before we close. The stock market did not do so bad in 2021. And when you think about what was going on in the world, um, some stocks, yes, were a little weird. Uh, I know that for me, the electric car stuff, uh, stock, my, that's doing well. But at the end of the day, when we're investing, for those of us that aren't investors and, and don't know much about that, how, do you, how would you advise them? I know coming to a financial organization like the one that you uh, uh, dream and vision and mission from um, is a great idea. But do you, let me just say this. I know over this, over this podcast, you can't tell people what to do. So let me, that's my disclaimer for Jason. He can't tell you what to do with your money unless you're a client of his, because that's, you know, that's why Martha Stewart went to jail. Okay. So, but, <laughs> but, but, but what I want to ask you is that if I've never invested in stock before, should I take the chance now? It depends on your age, what your goals, and what your objective is. If you're if you're using this money and you know next week you're going to need that money for an emergency, that question is absolutely no. When you're investing for the stock market, you're investing for long term. And when I say long term, it's not overnight unless you're about to be educated and be a day trader. I'm looking at more to five to seven and ten and beyond years when we invest in the stock market. If you're close to a retirement and you need retirement income. I would consider how much money do I need for income, and then how much of the rest of it do I need to? Uh, for, I need allow. I need. I want to invest and grow without worrying about if it's going to affect me when I need a check on the first of every month, or okay. it's going to affect my. As um, uh, uh, if it's going to affect me from paying my bills. So we have to consider those things before investing. I know right now investing is a hot topic, especially with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and. Um, but we have to understand where our own personal goals and objectives, because what, what might be good for the goose might not be good for the gander. We just have to understand uh, what we're trying to accomplish. The key to investing is, though, we have to be consistent with it. I think oftentimes we try to do it once, and if we win or lose it, then that's it. A part of investing is how to be consistent every single month. 
People who build wealth don't do it off of one thing. They do the same habits and the same thing over and over and over again. And that's how they build wealth for the long term. And uh, diverse, diversify. Uh, one yeah. of the things that I think is very important um, that I learned um, from one, from Jason's book and other books that I have read, um, is diversify, particularly, again, and, and everybody thinks when we talk about money that you have to be a multimillionaire to do any of this stuff. And the answer to that, my friends, is no. But if you get your income tax check, it's my, and, and again, and you get it, even if it's $1,000, it's $1,000 that you would not have gotten unless you got your income tax check. So you can go and you can buy a whole bunch of stuff with it, or you can take that $1,000 and go buy a one-year even annuity and end up, yeah, the interest rate's small, but it will you'll be better off with that $1,000 than if you spend it. Very much so. Because you spend it, you're, probably gonna, you're not going to buy nothing that holds the value. And the value of it is going to go down. It's going to go down. And by next year, when you get your next income tax check, I guarantee you the things that you bought with the $1,000 from the previous year, you don't even know where they are. Exactly. You probably don't remember what you've got on things on Christmas already. Right. So, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think about it all the time. Like, man, what did I get for Christmas already? And I know one of them, I got a new wallet, which is a slim red Oh, wallet. yeah. Those are cool. I love it. It saves me a lot of space in my pocket. But for most of the things, like, I forget. And most of forget what we get for Christmas and everything else. But when you save and we invest that money and use it different ways, it's great. One thing I did for my son, you know, for Christmas, don't just buy your kids uh, just some gifts. Buy them stocks of the company that you want to buy gifts for and do it the same thing. And you build up well. Um, my son, he works for my business, so I have him on my payroll. And then on my payroll, we open up a Roth IRA for him. And so his project is, since he has a Roth now, is he has to figure out where he wants to invest that money. And it's going to be a great way to see what he wants to invest in. Um, so I need to buy more investment books. So that, oh, that's a, that great a great idea. Level. So Because then also in some cultures, because we uh, don't have the, or they, or me, or whatever, we don't have the history, or even in the history of handling money and understanding how it can grow. You know, I told Jason, I have one of those big water bottles. And um, when I was going away, when I knew planning, like Jason said, consistency and planning, and I knew I was going away to a place I was traveling and I wanted money, you know, travel money. And I, I saved money in that jar for a year, just change, change, dollars, you know, just stuff, you know, because I don't carry money. And by the time I went on my trip and I took that thing and dumped it in that machine because <laughs> I didn't want to go to the bank because I didn't want to roll the money, I had $800, you guys. Wow. Of nickels, pennies, quarters, and dollar bills. Just throwing them in there. So do this for yourself. Take your, your change. And you know, for me, as a philanthropic organization, if you save all your change, then maybe that's the gift you can give ASEV once a year. So all <laughs> of that, all of those things, because I also find, and this has taken it to a whole nother realm, but Jason knows me, so I know he'll, he'll understand. I understand when you make all you can and then you give and serve others with as much as you can. Save what you need to save. You will live that value abundant life. 
You're not going to be the person. No, you may not be like when somebody says, what's your in your bank account? You may not be able to say I have two million dollars. No, but you'll have enough to live. You'll have enough that your footprint doesn't destroy the, the, the humanity and the earth and your money will reflect your values. Mm -hmm. And right now. We, it's kind of twisted. Money is not reflecting the values of many of us, and it's reflecting the values of a system that only maims and hurts because we take the money out from one place to put it somewhere else, or we it, it's just not it's not equalized enough. So, Jason, one, uh, we'll have you back soon, and then tell people how to your podcast is C R E A M. Yeah, it's Cream Podcast. You can find it on Spotify, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, or any other podcast platform. It's Cream, C-R-A-M, acronym podcast. Okay. So check that out. And the book again, please. And the book is The Age of Self-Reliance. Okay. And if anybody else have any other financial questions, just email me or go on to my website, mfis.biz. Once again, mfis.biz. Okay, that is great. And I and do that. And any of you that are affiliated with any churches or um, community organizations where you think that having a webinar or a training um, on finance would help, we have Jason here that is willing to do that within the community. So please get a hold of him because this is one of the goals of Life is a Sacred Journey. We want to spread information that will enable and empower communities to lift themselves up on their own. And the only way you can do that is if you know how. So um, please get in contact. Say that email again, Jason, please. Oh, uh, yeah, my website once again is MFIS, or you can email me at Jason Matthews at MFIS.biz. All right. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining us on Life is a Sacred Journey. And thank all of you uh, for hanging in there with us this Friday morning on Life is a Sacred Journey. Again, a big shout out to Felicia. Get well, Felicia. We're sorry that COVID came into your life. And um, send her a heart, please. And then again, if you are an individual out there in the world that feels that um, the world would be better off without you, that is a lie. And unfortunately, these are rough, hard days, but you are not alone. The National Suicide Hotline, there are people there that will walk with you, that will that you can keep coming back to in those moments. And no, even people like myself that look all empowered and happy and know about my life, um, I have contemplated suicide at least once in my life. And, and it was because somebody was there when I cried out and said, I don't want to live. I don't want to do this anymore. And they said, you have value. And, and so that's why I'm here today. So if you know somebody that you think um, is thinking about taking their life, take time. There's nothing more important than saving a life. So Jason, thank you for coming on Life is a Sacred Journey and helping us to live our best lives by understanding the finance, this little, that little piece of paper that we call money. So thank you so much. Hug a tree. Thank you for me on. Yeah, the, yeah, you'll have to come back more often. Definitely. <laughs> uh, go out there, people. Hug a tree. 
pet a, a dog or a cat or a rabbit even. Somebody, a friend of mine has a rabbit. And, and I'm going to talk to you because guess what? My next animal that I decided in life that I want is a pot belly pig. So I'll talk to you about that next week. Jason, thank you so much. Happy New Year, everybody. Jason, stay Happy on. Year. And we will talk to you next week at Life is a Sacred Journey. Live your best life because guess what? It's the only life that you have. God bless. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 